0: Iris will love this intro. Okay. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Imperfect. I'm perfect. I'm Kara Bartek.
1: And I'm Rebecca Nisco. And today we spoke with the fantastic Iris Duckett, who is a filmmaker, music video director, director, director
0: of all things, that creative person, <laughs> yeah. creative person,
1: just like, that's what I took away from this episode yeah. is that They are just, like, so creative
0: and, like, care so much about the story. And, like, that is, like, so integral to their vision. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. And she's just such a wonderful person to give advice and – Yeah. About getting started. Holy shit. Like, yeah. Talk about getting started. Yeah. Such great advice. So, yeah. Without further ado, please enjoy the episode. And (laughs) – i don't know why i said it like that (laughs) please enjoy the episode (laughs) um and and yeah that's really all there is to it i hope you enjoy the episode
2: Iris Duckett. I'm a director and a writer. And I guess like in the past I've acted, but those those days feel long ago. Not saying that they won't happen again, but they just feel far away. (laughs) And I'm based in Brooklyn and well, and also kind of like Fishkill, New York, right now, where this TV show is shooting. Which yeah. I've never been to, like suburban is... upstate New York. But yeah, wow. The mountains are nice. <laughs> yes. yes, it's a very different scene from New York City. Yeah, very, very different scene. Yeah. Um, Although, like, there's this. I guess with COVID too, like,
0: all oh, sure. of these New
2: Yorkers have like moved up there and are like kind of like messing up these like little towns. It's like, yeah. I, I mean, I. I hesitate to say gentrification even though that like it feels kind of different than like I don't know gentrification is like we see it happening in Brooklyn and Harlem and you know other parts of the city and but like it definitely feels like oh these a bunch of New Yorkers were like oh my gosh the city is being ravaged by this plague like I'm gonna go (laughs) buy a house and like take all these resources from people who've like had it for a while and like I don't really know the history of Fishkill, but like that just seems like a very American thing to keep yeah. happening, like that type of movement. And I'm kind of like, what? So and then this TV show is up there and we're kind of like a bunch of Hollywood idiots. And it just feels like people are like, wow, like this town is so different than what it was like a year and a half ago. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, that's wild stuff. In a lesser <laughs> extent, I
0: I and this is like such a I don't know if this is such a weird thing to say because where Rebecca and I come from, it's very privileged. So it's not at all gentrification or anything like that. It's just, but you can feel like a, a vibe change because a lot of people who, and Wilton specifically where we're from is known to be a town that attracts a lot of young parents and then they leave when they go to college. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we're just back in the change of it. Like everything is like, mm-hmm. like I've, we've lived through this one period, which is when Rebecca and I were like, that was our town, how it was. And now we're getting all this like new different yeah. people like this cycle yeah. has like continued it's kind of strange <laughs> it's kind like of a
2: yeah different kind of I guess I guess maybe when you're like maybe it's part of growing up when you realize like oh the tides are always going to be turning yeah. even though even though that means like my my youth and my past like how I remember things is not what it once was and like yeah. maybe that's just like the growing pains I'm going through as like I'm 25 I'm turning 26 in like a month and a half so this is maybe
0: a good start a good point to start with our standard question as always which is how did you get into well first into acting I believe right but then how did you get into directing more into like
2: how'd you get okay okay well this is like a kind of a fun cute story so like I don't know what drew me to the theater maybe I was like secretly born in a dumpster outside of like an experimental (laughs) performance art space or like I've just always been gay and needing to yell about it so I ended up in the theater um in like middle school like Mm -hmm. it was the first time I ever like took initiative with my like life as I Mm -hmm. told my mom and dad I was like I I need to go to theater camp and they were like, (laughs) luckily we had the resources and they were like down to send me to this like weird camp where like, I don't know, someone who was probably like my age now was just like nursing their BFA, like (laughs) finished it, realized like, oh shit, like the world is r- really tough <laughs> yeah. for BFAs, yeah. um, in theater. And, but my little 13 year old gay ass is like, oh hell yeah. Like this is the life. Um, <laughs> and like, I was really enamored with acting. It was, was really fun for me. It was really joyful. And like, I think a big part of it too was like, I had always been looking for a community as a kid. Like I didn't really fit in with like honestly, like I look at them now and I call them the straight girls because like they were just a little like, I don't know, hetero. And I've just never been that. Like, I think so much of my discomfort as a kid was like not having the words to describe who I was yeah, and just always feeling like this weird little alien in like suburban Chicago or, you know, the suburbs outside of Chicago. So theater gave me like this community where everyone was like given permission to just like basically be freaks all day. Yeah, It was like, yeah, dress up put on an accent <laughs> and like roll around on the floor. Like you're, you made it kid. You're an actor. Like I was like, yeah, hell yeah. And like, I was lucky enough to go to a high school with like a really incredible, you know, arts program. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was because like the athletes were just like never that great. So the funding went to the arts <laughs> and like, hey, that, I really love that. Worked out, that worked out really well for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, because I was actually, like, like my two drama teachers were these, like, two wonderful men um, who were, like, BFFs, and, like, one of them was the technical director, and he has since passed on. His name was Mm -hmm. Mr. Conway, and he was, like, hugely influential to me when, when I, you know, showed up to high school at 14 and just kind of was, like, I don't know who I am, but I like art, and, you know, he was really good at, like, you know, when he saw that in someone, he would nurture it. And then our other teacher who's still around, thank God, (laughs) who was the acting teacher, his name was Shell. And he was like very nurturing of like, you know, any, you can put anything in a story and like it, it is a story. And like, I, I think that like at the time, even though I didn't realize it, I was like coping with a lot of like, whatever emotions I was carrying of like adolescence and like, you know, it's so dramatic to be 15. Jesus (laughs) Christ. Um, it's so dramatic to be 15. And I just, I kept sticking around it. I kept on, I was so like, I, you know, I'm a Virgo moon. I'm pretty like adamant about like, uh, having like a practice and like discipline. Like, I, I think that there's always been something that's drawn me to like creativity and to art and so then when I was like starting to think about college and everyone was like I need to get into Yale or like I can't wait to go study I I don't know like engineering because I want to make a lot of money I was like you know that really doesn't resonate with me I don't think I can have like a life oriented around profit which like and now I'm in the film industry which is like just the biggest fucking laugh of it all um so like I, I I was trying to figure out like how do I fit into this world of like college because like I really wasn't in an environment in which there, like I couldn't entertain yeah, yeah. any other options which sometimes yeah. when I look back I wish I did like take a gap year or, I don't know like right. whatever always good to have more time and space mm-hmm. when you're young to just be lost and sometimes I think college doesn't allow for that but my path went a little differently and I sat down with my um, you know teacher Mr. Conway and I I was like this, like, y- you look back on certain conversations in your life, and I'm like, this literally changed my life, this mm-hmm. one conversation, and that's why, like, I'm always so loud and rah-rah about, like, we need arts educators for, like, those weird yeah. gay kids who don't know who they are, and they need a mentor, like, <laughs> that, they, what, you know, like, art school is, like, a, that has, a, in, you know, I'm very specific, and, like, speaking as if, like, my experience is, like, the universal experience, mm-hmm. but for me, like, this was a huge um, change in my life for when I sat down with him and I was like, I, I really think I want to pursue acting as like my career. And like, I think I, I think it's, I'm going to try to get into acting school. And he looked at me for a really long time and he had this like very like pensive way about him. And he would counsel kids all the time about like their futures and whatnot. And he was like, I think you could do it like anything that you set your mind out to do iris you're going to do it however i it pains me to hear that you would be neglecting the like natural born leadership abilities that like you just have have whether or not that's true like you know i think of that as an adult like he kind of picked up on this you know when i was in school i was always kind of like yes, so I was in, like, we were in acting class, but, like, all of a sudden, like, I would kind of be directing everybody, and, like, you know, know, it all, or, like, maybe it's because I had artistic (laughs) impulses, but, like, in, in such a way that, like, it always felt very collaborative, like, I'm not very much a director who's, like, showing up and is, like, hey, everybody, I'm the smartest person here, so you all must bow down and listen to me, and there (laughs) are directors who are like that, and, like, you know, we'll probably be in different lanes of, in our <laughs> but like, that is, that is a way that, like, gets things done, and, like, people respect that, mm-hmm. Um that is not me, that is just not me, but I've always, you know, wanted to foster more of, like, I guess, horizontal leadership type room, where it's, like, a collective type of leading, and so I've, I've, I've kind of had a knack for that since I was in high school, and I think it was because of, like, group projects, and I was always sick of being, like, the one that was, like, all right, well I guess I'll be the only one to stay up and do this project. I was like, no, <laughs> right. I'm yeah, a way to engage everybody because I'm not doing everybody else's homework. <laughs> I have a theory
0: that everyone on this show was that kid. Everyone we've had on the show was the kid that did the group project for everybody else. <laughs> like,
2: yeah. 1,000. And I bet that like, if any, like somewhere down the line, there's going to be like someone listening to this podcast where I went to high school. It was like, no, that one time it was me and Iris (laughs) did nothing. Um, So sorry if that happened. You know, we all had that bad week where we were like, I can't do school anymore. I'm an overachiever help. (laughs) And so, yeah, I had a conversation with my drama teacher and he was like, I think you should maybe consider looking into some directing programs or maybe Mm. some programs that have, like, the ability for you to act, but then also, like, space for you to try directing, and I was, like, okay, word, like, directing, like, I was, like, I never, I never believed that I could be that person, that, like, that, you know, I always saw the director of, like, um, you know, the shows that I had been in as a kid and I did like community theater and like mm-hmm. high school theater. Like I was always trying to like find more opportunities to just basically like be creative, which for me, it was theater. I always really admired the directors. Cause I was like, how do they have all this shit figured out? Like, yeah, how, yeah. Do they, like how are they like figuring out how to put this all together? And like, I was always so curious, like, and once Mr. Conway kind of like planted the idea of the possibility in my head that I could do it, I just started to think about like, well, what would I do? And, you know, I was always reading plays and like always going to see plays. And then suddenly I started to have an opinion about how they were made, how they were put together. And I was like, oh, I like, I started paying attention to like the rhythm of things. And um, I I really do think, and, and, and then I was lucky enough to get into NYU and I went to this like very weird, like. In the back corner of NYU, there is the Playwrights Horizons Theater School, which is like this um bizarre, wonderful school that it like it is awesome because it's amorphous and ever changing, just like its students. And if you're an artist, you'll like I think should know that you know your whole life is going to be amorphous and evolving and ever changing, and like the only way to get through it is to like strap in with curiosity and like hope for the best. Um (laughs) and like so yeah, was at NYU and like doing a lot of acting, directing a lot of plays, like working with a lot of young playwrights to like help them write their play. Like we were constantly like making, doing, shaking, like so much so like, and it was a double edged sword. So much so that it was like, wow, I'm 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 trying, I'm, I'm experimenting, I'm putting so much work out there but like I will say that like when I look back on it I wish there was a little bit more time for reflection just to be like Mm. it was such an overwhelming Mm -hmm. four years and overwhelming I I think the word overwhelming has like a bad rap you know like I think there is there is something to be learned from uh, I had an acting teacher in college who would say like okay like you have to experiment with like your limits and he was like go out into the into the middle of a field and like scream as loud as you can (laughs) for as long as you can Uh until you lose your voice because that is your limit and you Mm. know that's how far you can go I don't know if like you need to do that but like I was was gonna say that
0: feels very like when you think about like any of the NYU Tisch drama like stereotypes that's one of them
2: <laughs> i feel like that exercise, yeah just like a kid screaming <laughs> yeah. everything that there's ever been yeah. held, like the by. metro like,
1: north to like an isolated field in like connecticut yeah. And
2: just yeah
1: <laughs> scream in the middle of a field
2: do it I mean go find out where your limits are um <laughs> I and I I, you know I never did that mm-hmm. um but I've always kind of held on to that like you know there were some again like little weird moments in my life that I, at the time I was like oh I had no idea that this was I was gonna hold on to this like little diamond in the rough but yeah so I then graduated in 2018 and then was really lost and really broke and um working in the theater and like I kept on getting told like nothing's gonna happen for you as a theater director for like the next 10 to 15 years and that was like really bothering me and then everyone was like everyone like it's such a small community and it's a beautiful community and like I learned a lot uh and I still want like I still think of myself as part of that community and like theater will very much be a part of my future but like with the pandemic, which is like really like, yeah, y- you know, in-person live things, like just, they're a hazard, um, mm-hmm. and quite literally a hazard to your health. I think I was starting to get this like very, j- I was I was protecting myself with like this jacket of jadedness mm-hmm. where I was like, it doesn't even matter what I do. I'm still going to be poor. And like, you know, working in off-Broadway spaces, like, the paychecks yeah. are dismal. Yeah, um, yeah. and, uh, that's a whole other, like, you know, whole Rant. other conversation about like, <laughs> the economics of art and whatnot. Yes. But I was like getting to the point of like, I don't have health insurance. Like I'm stressing about buying literal groceries, like rent, like quite literally, like I, I kept thinking of like, why am I doing this? Like, I'm not even doing the things that are like fulfilling me or finding, you know, and also like it started to get very trite and very tired and like pretentious. And like, I just wasn't very inspired by the work that I was seeing anymore. And I, and I don't necessarily know if it was like, oh, maybe I just had like a slew of like, I think you can learn a lot from going to see like a bad film or bad theater, but like all of a sudden I was just like feeling very like bored for lack of a better word. And like without boredom is like the opposite of inspiration. And so I think I just had a moment of like falling out of love with a medium that I'd spent so much time with. Yeah. And then I was like, holy shit, I I spent a whole arts degree on this. Like, um, but I don't think that I don't I think that trying something and then having to backpedal is never losing out. Like I always yeah. think like there is such a huge lesson there. And so I was trying to like recalibrate and be like, well, what do I want? And then the pandemic hit and I was like, well, what do I want? And my heart has always been tied around story. Like I've always been interested in like engaging with the fact that like, I just want to tell stories. I want to see stories. I want to like construct them, put them together, break them apart. Like always, always had my heart wrapped around story. And like I think I've always been a little afraid of film because of like how much on paper, when you look at it, it costs, Yeah. you know, yeah, like yeah. a micro budget is $10,000. I'm like, I don't have that laying around <laughs> what? Yeah, um, yeah, I don't yeah. know what I'm doing with that. Yeah. So, but the pandemic, I kind of was like, even though it felt like a crazy disruption, I was like, I think I want to try this. And mm. at first I was like very insecure and very ashamed that I didn't go to film school. Like, it's funny because people would be like, oh, where'd you go to school? I'd be like NYU. And everyone's like, Ooh, cool. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like for theater (laughs) (laughs) is no, is like no diss. Like it's a very respect, respectable program, like learned a lot there, but like I think that a lot of times because I act, my insecurities, like a lot of times I'll like overcompensate and be like, no, like I know what I'm doing. Like I Virgo moon out about it. So people would kind of start to trust me. of like, oh yeah, like she went to film school. Like she knows what she's doing. And I'm like inside freaking out. Like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. But like what I loved about my program was that they kind of encouraged this uh, reckless, but awesome mindset of like, yeah, if you don't know what, how to do something, you should still say yes. Like, Figure it out. And that's where that work is where you find your voice. So I think that I've been starting to find it, you know. And also when I graduated, like I didn't know for the longest time I was gay. Like I literally didn't know until I was like 23, 24. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, like this is what. This is who I am. Like as, as I chase my joy and I chase what feels good and shed the shame that kind of kept me from myself for so long, I just find myself, you know, wrapped up in stories and film. And, um, I don't know. I think the more you get to know yourself as an artist, like the better your work becomes. So I don't know. That's how I started. And here's where I am. Wow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, there were so
0: many good things in there and just, uh, Wonderful! I'm. I'm so. Ha- thank you so much for sharing. It's yeah, so wonderful absolutely. to always hear, especially something that like prompted us to start this show was because we felt like you know it's very encouraged to ask people who are a lot older than you how they got where they got, but that's somehow yeah. really unhelpful. <laughs> yeah, you know that what I mean? Is so different because like, because <laughs> they don't remember. I mean, sure they remember, like you know you remember, but I don't remember what how I started high school. I can tell you how it kind of went, but I can't tell you. Really, right. what it was like. So, right. you know, it, I I think it's just really nice and refreshing and 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 mm. wonderful to hear. And everyone's story is so different. And yeah, I don't and know, kind of very inspiring and encouraging.
2: <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad I'm glad to hear. <laughs> I don't know. I think the pivots in life make you inter- interesting. Like yeah, you know, absolutely. if you were setting out like full force to be like. I don't know, uh, a lawyer. And then all of a sudden you're like, this grind culture is giving me hives. Um, and maybe an (laughs) ulcer. Um, I want to do something else. It's not like ever, ever, all the time you spent pursuing like a lawyership is wasted. Like those are useful skills. Any, anything is a useful skill. Mm -hmm, Like even if you're just like figuring out how to tie dye a t-shirt in an interesting way, like, mark my words it will come in, it it will come in handy one day if you just transfer i always think of like knowledge is transferable mm. so as long as you're curious, and as long as you're just like listening to what feels good, like ultimately you're going to end up where you need to be, mm-hmm. even if it's different than like you know when you're like eight and you're like I'm going to win an Oscar for best actress <laughs> in like, a, in, like a, a Scorsese film, which I guess he's still making movies. Um, yeah, and, like going strong. I don't know. Mine will probably be radically different. Oh, um, yeah, but <laughs> that's <all right. laughs>
1: Yeah, we can you can take away anything from every life Mm -hmm. situation. Um, So yeah, it was it's really great to hear your story. And I love that you say that you're all about the story. And that's really central to like your vision Mm -hmm. and like, and you know your your role as director so can you talk a little bit about your your film projects and more specifically your work in music videos because i think that's really cool (laughs) i i love your music videos
2: thank you thank you um music videos are musical theater like just yeah I'm just so glad you said that. I'm
1: so I, glad you said that. I have
2: been in like people keep telling me because you know when I was like okay I want to figure out how to get into film but I was mm. too afraid like I was like I had no point and I'm like you know there I think I'm now at the point where I'm starting to feel confident in myself to be like oh like I have some really good writing chops within mm-hmm. me from like all my years of like helping playwrights like workshop plays I took so many playwriting classes and like yada 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 so now I'm feeling at the point where I'm like I'm going in the near future I'm going to direct and produce something that I've written and like but I wasn't sure when I was like okay I want to make this huge jump of a medium from like directing plays and theater and I literally have directed musicals which like that's another like (laughs) conversation in itself they're Um, fun to do uh, I want to I want to put a camera in front of it and um but I was like what source material am I going to do like I don't feel like um making some like I'm this is like a very worthwhile thing to do but I was just like not in the mood to like write something that I was like kind of half-baked about and then like Mm -hmm. make an iPhone version of it which like Mm -hmm. that is a like everyone should do that I should do it I know I have to but like I was like too vain to be like embracing the beginnerness of it so Mm -hmm. I was like okay well what if I rode the coattails of someone else I knew? And um, (laughs) like when I, when I was first starting out after school, I was working in restaurants and like, I was meeting all of these like incredible musicians Mm -hmm. and like, Mm -hmm. um, it was nice because I was like breaking out of the NYU bubble and like making new friends and different, different spheres. But like what always connected me to other people is that I could like, I can talk about art until the day is done. Like mm-hmm. if if you run into me at a party and you're an artist, like we, there will, like, we will be on the fire escape, like just g- getting existential about it. Like, so I had built all these friendships with people that I really admired and like, was like, wow, there's such like you have such a beautiful like vision and voice. And like, it kind of took the pressure off of me to be like the perfect writer, director, mm-hmm. producer. So mm-hmm. I like asked someone, I like, one day like was like okay like think I'd been thinking about it for a long time where I was like maybe that would be my side hustle which is hilarious that I thought I could make money making music videos that is hilarious (laughs) that is actually the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life especially starting out um where I was like maybe like that'll be a good way for me to like make my art my income and I have all these musician friends so then like one day when I was feeling particularly manic I like texted every musician I know being like I'm all in let's figure it out let's make a music video like I promise you it'll be really good Mm. even though I had no idea what I was doing and um (laughs) so then like three of them texted me back and then I had like my next six months of work uh planned out for me. I didn't know you needed a producer for these things. I was like, I'll just do it (laughs) myself. Um, I like didn't really know you needed money for these things either. So I was like, I'll just find it myself. Um, and like very much, I, I screamed as loud as I could in a field and pushed my limits to figure out that one, for me to be a successful director, I need a producer um, (laughs) with me in the trenches. And, I don't want to worry about the money. So that kind of kills my creative boner very quickly, as if someone's like, the budget won't allow you to do this. I'm mm. like, okay, well, shit then, you know, like, what am I supposed to do? But, you know, you 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 figure it out. So I, like, texted every musician I know, I knew, and then, like, a few of them bit. Um, and then I just started to, like, try to, like, put it together. I was like, so I guess I start with a storyboard? Like, and what i learned in theater school with directing text or was with directing a script is that the script was just a text and like you could start to think of anything in terms of a script so if like if i needed a and so many of like my theatrical pieces were like i would take a script i would read it a thousand times i would put my point of view my spin on it and that usually involved like a crazy choreographed dance number that like didn't need to be there but like i wanted it there yes, so yeah it was yeah. There. yeah And like everyone was like down because like I don't know who doesn't want to have like a rave in the middle of a David Mamet play (laughs) which I quite literally I staged that I staged like it was supposed to be like a break it was Glenn Gary Glenn Ross it was like with all femmes and like Yeah. um, yeah so but we I like staged the I was like this play is too short to need an intermission so I staged like a quite literal like the break in where I was like it was like it could have been anybody um yeah and there was like it was a rave mm-hmm. like uh, it was just a lot of strobes like there was EDM like I wow this is my senior thesis crazy Amazing. um <laughs> good times and I so I just like my my friends sent me their song and like I since they were my friends and they were like musicians and like really like putting it out there with like their music and you know struggling in their own way to like find their voices as a young musician like I just fell in love with that vulnerability that is, I think, so accessible in music. Mm -hmm. Um, And the first one I did was like very, very minimal. It was for a singer songwriter named Olivia Barton, who's like one of my friends from, through another friend. And she like lived in Brooklyn for like a minute. And then her and her partner, Corinne, were like, oh, Brooklyn's not for us, so they like left, <laughs> but we had already been starting to like talk about like what's this music video going to be? It was very mm-hmm. simple, it was like you know, it was a song about a breakup, and so it was just like quite literally like the camera was like watching someone like my friend Allison like walk to a car, and then the camera was like the point of view of the person dumping them in the car, but oh, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. just saw the person receive or right. Allison kind of receive that news yeah. while like this very so- sad song mm-hmm. played, and like it was very like, it was very simple. Mm-hmm. And I think simple is good, especially when you're like learning. Was that like the, the piece that best shows off my voice? Like, absolutely not. But whose first piece ever is, you know, you right, have to get right. comfortable with that. So that was like me, like learning that like, Oh, when I edit something, it needs to go to a colorist after or, like, Oh, like I need to buy a storage drive for these things. Like oh, yeah. very like, I had no idea what I was doing. And, um, but like the music video still happened and like it's beautiful and I stand by it. And then my second one was with Olivia's partner, Corinne, who is more of like a pop, um, like pop vibe. And they're queer, I'm queer. It was a, like a love song about like the first feelings that you get of like, you know, feeling lovey, this video is, like, not, it was, like, released, and now it's not released, and, like, musicians also have all this, like, their own headaches of, like, representation labels, you know, sometimes, like, things go out, then they they go, they leave the internet, then they come back on it, so, like, we're kind of in the middle of, like, a Um, re-release, and I'm not really sure what's happening with that, but I'm just surrendering to the universe, and, like, I love that (laughs) video, because it was just quite literally, like, it was like the last weekend before COVID was a real thing in America. Like I was like, "Mm." it was, you know, that it followed the story of these, like, two women who were played by olivia and corinne and they're like dating in real life so the chemistry was like very easy i didn't really yeah. have to, like correct them they were yeah. just kind of like, showed up like they could like look at each other and we- everyone knew what they were feeling inside yes. you know and that's yeah, like a beautiful yeah, yeah. thing that like you're for i don't know i don't know if i could do that with my partner like i feel like we both feel like shy and be like i don't know how to show how we are with like other people in front of a camera um they were like they were great and um you know it was just like them meeting at a party and like Uh, I didn't know what I was doing again. Like every, every project I take on, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I just know what I do know how to do is to like, commit to figuring it out Mm -hmm. of like what I'm going to constantly ask a lot of questions. Um, and then a lot of my work is like very intuitive. And I just like my pre-production process is like, I read, uh, the script, which in this case would be the lyrics or listening to the song, like just a disgusting amount of times. And like, while I do that, it's kind of meditative because um, I will kind of get into this like sunken place with it, where it's just like, the the the, like the rhythm of my brain is like whatever this song is and then I'll get hit with these like images that then become like the centerpiece of what the thing is going to be and so when I first started out doing it it would take me like a really long time to get a storyboard together because I was like I wasn't sure how much time I needed to get that done but like now as I've done a couple more of them I'm like oh no I just like need to take like a day listen to the song and then like write down everything that comes to me and then usually by the end of that I look back at my notes and I'm like okay so there's like th- I can string this together yeah, I like yeah, find yeah. the thematic things are that I'm interested in and like then also like there's I'm I have this like muscle memory of like I was in so many musicals I mm-hmm. directed so many musicals like I just like musical theater is like it is a part of me which when you think of music videos they they're just it is like it is just that big opening number yeah, for this one yeah. position of this one song that they're doing and you can do anything with them mm-hmm. like music videos quite literally do not make sense like most of the time and then <laughs> but like what's exciting to me is like the most impactful ones are ones that are like deeply emotionally significant and like mm-hmm. are tied to the song and like this you know like the one that pops in my head is like, or like some of the most like iconic music videos in my book are like, this is America with Childish Gambino. Right. Or like, of course that, you know, that is a piece of art that like, yeah. you know, you can't deny like the cultural commentary that is just like spewing from every corner of that. And it's like so smart and so well done. And like, I get very inspired when I see like when, when, when someone has like three minutes and they can pull that off, like, damn, what artistry. And like, there's a lot of musical theater that's like that. I don't really have a tolerance for it anymore. I feel like, Sometimes you know when you're a kid and you like ate something like every day for like three yeah. years, and then as an adult you're like, I can never eat it again. <laughs> yeah, like that is how I feel about musical theater. Mm-hmm. I'm like, people are like, let's like, I don't know. I was in theater school, so like my friends would always be like, let's like have a Hamilton like listening party. I'd be like, I want to die. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I don't want to listen to it anymore. I can acknowledge <laughs> that it's like art, like technically incredible and like artistically like a masterpiece, but like it makes me sick to my stomach. I can't see jazz hands, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to talk about posse anymore like oh don't my god, i'm just in hammerstein cancel it yeah so yeah i think um uh that like rejection of the medium paired with like oh but it's like all i know mm-hmm. um is how i got to music videos <laughs> so, i love that <laughs> i love that dichotomy so yeah.
0: i have a lot of little questions based off what you just said but i think um i think i first want to start with both of these have to do with relationships different creative relationships so my first one is how does the your relationship with the dp factor into the visuals that you then create for a music video say right versus when you're on stage because on stage there's no camera it's you like placing people yeah
2: Yeah. well i think of like okay well let me just preface this right now that dps are always smarter than the director period (laughs) period 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 and I like know that. And so I like very much, like I love directors of photography, like my biggest question mark and like the thing that I feel like I have the least point of reference for and like that's changing as like I practice is cinematography. Mm-hmm. And um, I really respond well with someone who I'm very like open with. And I work with like my, I, you know, I've only done a few music videos and like I really do think of my, I'm, I'm trying to get better about being like, Embrace beginnerness because like the early years, like figuring out my voice, like these are you know, precious this is precious time. Um, so I hesitate to be like long time collaborator, but like the (laughs) DP who shot most of my stuff is um was also on the show, Elizabeth Berkleyan. Um, and like I she's a lot of times like my point of reference for like, oh, how to work with a DP because like we just like found a very good thing together. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Um mm -hmm. and like I feel like I come at directing from like a very emotional place a mm-hmm. very like visceral place like I'm trying to kind of like kink out the the story yeah. and then in that I like go to my DP and I'm like hello you are smarter than me <laughs> um and they usually like that um yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I'm like you are smarter than me these are the things that like I with my intuition I've been hit with this is like what I'm wanting to articulate like I'll be like here's a like kind of like a spoken rough draft of like what I see this happening to be and then I like need to hear what their spin is on it like I'm mm-hmm. like how would you frame this up like what are you like what how would you quite literally compose the images because mm-hmm, that's yeah. where I feel kind of stuck with mm-hmm. so I'm always gonna like but then there are other times where I'm like this image is like it is a 360 pan and like they're at the center of it and like I want it to be timed out perfectly with the music like they're mm, I wonder
0: what music video you're talking about
2: there (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i feel like the more the the further that i like every project i get more specific about Mm -hmm. how i'm seeing it what i want Yeah, yeah and that's a good thing because it like that DPs also like that too, where they're like, oh, hee hee, you know what you want. That's awesome. Like <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, yeah. it. Um, but I really, I think the best uh, director DP relationships are like deeply collaborative. And mm-hmm. like, um, I think that I, I come at it with like, oh, feeling, feeling, feeling and DP is, like, visual, 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 and then I'm, like, okay, visual feeling, and then they're, like, ah, feeling visual, and I'm, like, okay, <laughs> like, we're, we're cooking, we're, we're stirring this cauldron of witches yeah. brew, um, yeah. and, like, with theater, it is a little bit different, mm-hmm. because I've with a DP, I very much like lean on like a DP and a producer are usually like the people in the AD, but like in a different way, right? Are right, the people right. that I'm like, okay, like how am I gonna like birth this vision that's in my head and yeah. just like a jumble of feelings? And in theater, those lifelines are there, they're just different. They're like mm-hmm. your lighting designer, your setting, your scenic designer, um, the costume designer, like. I always kind of think as directing and story is like this big puzzle piece. And like, as the medium changes, like you just have different people who are in charge of like certain things in the story that are being articulated. Yeah. yeah, Okay. So the DP is in charge of like, okay, how are, how is the cinematography articulating like the core of this story? Mm -hmm. And so then like, what I like about directing is that like I'm an air sign. I want to touch all of it. Um, (laughs) so i like have the people that are like and you know even actors like they're specifically uh we don't i in film there's not really a term for this but in theater someone like someone who is in a, a dramaturg is someone who's like kind of like a right hand to the director and not every show has one and it's like very hard to define what they are but like Ultimately, I see them as, like, architects of structure on the story of, like, they'll push mm-hmm. the playwright of, like, okay, like, if we're gonna abide by the rules of the hero's journey, mm-hmm. um, like, your moment, your inciting incident is weak here and, like, it needs to be mm-hmm. fattened up or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think of actors as dramaturgs of certain characters and, like, you know, okay. I want actors to come to work with, like, ideas about their role and I, like, I think, I, I think the best collaborations are, like, you know, ones that aren't afraid to challenge each other. Yeah. Um. I I like, it's such a weird line. Cause like, I wanna have like a very collaborative horizontal, uh, you know, room. And that means that like, there needs to be enough time and space for everyone to kind of like say their piece and like kind of get their hands in it. And then film is so frustrating because it's like, time is literally money. And so there's all these hierarchies in place to make it yeah. as efficient and IE as capitalist as possible. And then I'm like, but the process is getting messed up because of that. Because I would like it if we could take the time for this actor to like, uh, you know, voice a point of view that maybe I didn't see in a blind spot or because they're like literally sitting specifically, like, I won't lie. Like, yes, I get very in depth with like the text and whatnot, but like, am I doing what an actor does for each individual character? Absolutely not. There ain't no time for that. so like, I want everybody who's focused on like the the moving parts of it all, like, I feel like I'm just kind of like plugging it all into a switchboard of like, okay, so like it goes here and then there and then there. And so like, I like my collaborators to be like, what if it went there? And then it like kind of recalibrates uh, yeah. the whole piece. Yeah, yeah. Um, So the I don't know, we were talking about DPs, like, yeah, I don't know. I, no, I, no I think you answered my question. No, I think <laughs> yeah, you answered it. Yeah, no, I got it. it.
0: Totally. Um, and then my, my second question kind of was, you've talked a lot about having to be a director and a producer for your early work. So like, mm-hmm. what is, to you, what is that relationship when you do have a producer and how does a producer help you shape your vision or how do you like to work with a producer?
2: Yes. Okay. Well, one, God bless producers. Um, I like, I always like kind of start when people are like, oh, how do you like collaborate? I always just like, I I feel like my first impulse is always to be like, thank God this person is here because it is like, what, I, I, I have done everything. Like, you know, there was a point in my life where I was like running a theater company and I was like directing the play. Like, finding clothes from my closet to like put on the actors and then like painting the set once rehearsal wrapped like myself and so I'm always so grateful when people are like okay like I'm gonna take take some of your burden away because Mm -hmm. in like for whatever reason I believe it in myself that I'm like oh I should just do all of it so Mm. I love producers because they're so good at what I'm bad at which is like money management Mm -hmm. um and uh like thinking about like the business of it all and like I am a lot of things I don't know how much of an entrepreneur I am or maybe I'm just like a, a scared that I could be an entrepreneur as well as an artist like there's this <laughs> weird stigma of, like if you're an artist you can't care about money and I'm kind of like maybe what if we did like I'm like yeah. I have bills <laughs> um so uh, more on that but like I always go to a producer and I, everyone is different and the times that I've had one which was like it hasn't been many times, but the last music video I did, which Kara was the AD for, um, we had a great producer named Mark. Yeah. And um, I was like, just felt so much gratitude and relief that he cared so much about like how I was doing and how he could support my process and I was like what on earth I have like you know it's like when you after you've like dated a lot of like shitty people and then you (laughs) like meet that person who treats you well and you're like what and like what's funny is like the shitty people I was dating was myself and so it kind of made me realize like oh "Oh, I like can't do it all on my own Mm -hmm. and that that project was like so um healing and helpful for me because I kind of realized like oh this is like what actually a director does it was like the first time that like that project kind of fell in my lap in like this like amazing way that like sometimes you know I kept on being like wow I feel so lucky because like something happened where another director had to step away from the project and then like through word of mouth. I was the next one up to bat. Like I don't have an agent, I don't have a manager. If anybody's listening who needs a young queer writer, director, I could be on your roster. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. This just fell into my lap. We're usually like projects. I'm like, I chose to put this out in the world. Like I'm making it and I'm going to work on it for months, where like this one I had a week. I was kind of like given some ideas of like what this project was going to be from like what the other director had done and then but I was told like you have creative license like make it your own. I kind of liked that because it was like okay I have a week so a time constraint and then like then everyone on like the musicians team had like this kind of like base understanding of what this would be. And then I love some good creative constraints of like, oh, you think the story is this? Well, actually it's this Mm -hmm. because I subverted it. (laughs) Um, And like I, that is very fun and joyful for me. And it was like I was also given the support that I needed to pull it off in a week where that you know there was like actually a budget this time that like wasn't us like begging our friends to be like. Which crowdfunding is good and we have to like it's an important step, I think, for creative growth, especially in the film industry, but like for once that just wasn't the case, I was like kind of given like this amazing opportunity where it was like all of your needs can be met and you can just direct and actually we need you to just direct because Mm -hmm. we're very much in need of a director Mm -hmm. and I was like wow this is like so lovely I wish you could be like this all the time (laughs) and so Mark was like very good about you know just like he was great about managing like all the business aspects and then also translating like my creative energy and like what I was working on into the business aspect of it. Like Mm -hmm. he was like really smart about like how to think about like selling this and like how to, um, you know, bridging the entrepreneur brain with the creative brain. Mm -hmm. And I felt so supported that like, that was like taken off of my plate. Mm -hmm. And so I think that a lot of like, what I'm hoping to grow as a director in the future is just like, just give myself the time and the freedom and the space to just direct the thing and, um, I, I guess that means meeting more producers and like working with, you know, or finding that producer rather than just like assuming that I'll have the capacity to do it because I never do. I'm always like, ah! like one time I like learned that I needed insurance for a film shoot, like <laughs> day before the shoot and like oh my gosh. film insurance is expensive. Yeah. And I like, I mean, I found some, I yeah. bought into a production company's banner and it was fine. Like everything <laughs> yeah. was fine. Um, but, like, you, they're, they're, it's good to understand, like, what you don't know and then find the person who knows that thing so that they can bring that and, like, yeah. then there's yeah. no hiccups. Yeah. So, I don't know. Producers are, like, godsends. I think it's important for, you know, young filmmakers to, like, have that project that is so deeply overwhelming and then, like, hopefully in the future get another project after it where it's like, oh, it doesn't have to be that way. But, yeah, yeah. Like, if you're doing your job right, I think as a director or as a producer, or it is going to be like very intense mm-hmm. and like that is I don't like how that also like translate in the translates in the film industry to like okay every day is a sixteen hour work day and like yeah. you know yeah. I don't I I wonder like what is the sustainability of like taking on projects and like right now what I'm trying to kind of figure out is yeah. like well how do I rest and make enough money and also feel creatively stimulated Mm -hmm. and like that is I'm probably going to take 20 years to figure that out And, and and in 20 years I'll probably have a new like perspective on all of it of like actually you can't do it all or like or maybe you can I don't know I'm really young um but I think it's important to do it like I, I also think that, like, be, by doing stuff like that, where you're like, yeah, I produced, directed, starred, costume design, like, I've, I did everything. <laughs> then, yeah. like, I always show up to the first meeting with, like, I and maybe people always, like, kind of joke that I'm naive, but I show up with gratitude. I'm like, mm-hmm. thank God you're here. Thank God you're here. Yeah. Some people kind of, I, some people think it's sweet. Some people, like, I don't know. I just want to inspire, like, a positive attitude. Like, i really hate walking in on set and everyone's like mad and hungover i'm like whoa 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 for one we're probably not making enough money for us to like hate our jobs um so if you're doing this and you're like like you're if you're doing this and you're unhappy then like what is it actually giving you because it's not a paycheck like go be a bank teller like or i don't know is that a lucrative job i just made that up um (laughs) but like, I don't know, go do something that like, can actually pay your bills and have your needs met. And then like on your time off, you can like find your happiness. That has never been my, um. that has, that shoe does not fit me. I've mm-hmm. tried. I've like really tried to shove my foot into like the full-time, you know, job and do creative on the outside. Like I, whatever, it's not working out for me very well. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, gung-ho, I'm an artist, I'm doing this, like, I don't like that it has to be like I, I have problems with the fact that I'm like oh I'm trying to view this as like my source of income because mm-hmm. um okay maybe a contentious point who's listening to Billie Eilish's new album <laughs> okay we've got two hands <laughs> raised for those who are listening and Iris is raising her hand too so three so people thank you in person but she has that song. I don't remember which one. Okay, like, honestly, like, I'm a Billy fan. But, like, I, this new album, I don't know so much about it. I'm letting it have its time to grow on me. But oh, she has this lyric where she's, like, oh, the things I used to do for enjoyment. I Yes, it's the first song, now. Getting Older. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Getting yeah, Older. Yeah. Which, yeah. like, maybe that's just, like, the theme of so being 25. Wise. I'm, like, oh, God, I can't drink like I used to. Oh um, <laughs> my! And, like, oh, God, like, I have to, like figure out healthcare dang it yeah Um, so yeah the things that I enjoyed keep me employed now because it does it does like it it ups the urgency in a specific way like I really liked um art for art's sake when I was a student because it wasn't tied to my income whereas like now I'm like I have to find a gig and if the gig is maybe a maybe something that I'm not feeling passionate about, but like pays me, like I will take it. And then there are other times where I'm like, Oh, I'm so booked up until this year. Like, okay. I, 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 and and I can like take a deep breath of like, Oh, I figured out my income for this year. So now I can like actually be creative. And I think that's just like a dance and like, I've just kind of, I accept that like there will be some months of my life or maybe even years of my life where that is true. And there will be some months and years of my life where I'm like, probably babysitting and like walking dogs to like make ends meet and like it's it is worth it to me it's okay for now there will probably be a point where it is no longer but then when you get a job that like you know with this last video that like you know was a good for once I I, like got paid a, a fair rate as a director which was like really cool and validating in many ways but then the pressure was on where I was like, oh, I like have to deliver. This isn't just like me trying to figure out my creative voice anymore. Yeah. Um, it is, I, I have a client yeah. and I signed a contract yeah. and um, that just, it, it just puts a specific, like, I think that all creative projects, like they build a sense of urgency in me to like execute, but it hits a little different when it's like, okay, there's like a paycheck attached to this and a contract signed and like, I have to uphold my end of the deal. I, I kind of was like, what was nice about that last one was that I only had a week. So I couldn't really like bang my head against the wall too hard of feeling like stuck. I like, I I, I, I joked. I was like, oh, like, I, this is the only way I want to make work now because you just had to go. And like, it was yeah. just like, okay, don't second guess your impulses. Mm-hmm. Don't, um, don't second guess yourself, your team. Like you just have to believe it's all there. And then it was, yeah. which was marvelous. Yeah. And I think that was like, because I had a great team of individuals shout out to Kara who really mm-hmm. who really made that shoot possible like oh um we we yeah, got a yeah. lot done in 12
0: hours <laughs> Kara. um but it was so and- but, but what you were saying like you had the vision down you and Elizabeth had everything figured out like there was no it was just a matter of encouraging to continue
2: working. You know what I mean? It wasn't Yes. <laughs> yes, that that makes me feel thank you for saying that. Yeah. It makes me feel good to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Um but I I think that like I am just trying to figure out like how do you keep the joy alive when there's like mm-hmm. constantly so much pressure? And I think that's like everyone always is like, "Oh my gosh, like I'm adulting now." Or like adulthood or like growing <laughs> up and like ah, bills and I am like, yeah, so real. That is so real. And like, you have to take time and space to like figure that out. But yeah. I, again, don't want to put on my jacket of jadedness, which I've like tried to take to Salvation Army so many times. Dr- <laughs> i not Salvation Army. They're like, I don't know, transphobic. So like, we don't fuck with Salvation Army. No. Um, but we do take, you know, our coat of jadedness to, um, I don't know, Goodwill. Goodwill, not- our
0: favorite local tri- thrift store
2: yeah although i don't know if i want to give that jacket to anybody else so maybe we just throw it away it's a theoretical jacket anyways but like (laughs) make a piece about it hanging up and yeah yeah and you know it's just like an ugly jacket it's just a heavy (laughs) jacket that weighs you down because um through since day one like being a creator and being an artist only brought me joy Mm -hmm. um I won't say only now because there have been times in my life where like the pressure, uh, to deliver has made me very unhappy. And I think that's, I, I, what keeps me coming back to it though, is that I, it brings me so much joy. It brings me so much. I get so inspired. Like I'm assisting on a TV show. Um, and it's not very creative per se a job, but it like warms my heart every day to see, 200 people come together all working towards a common goal and I had I felt that same feeling when I was directing strangers and we were on set and it was a set of 20 people Mm -hmm. um but to see everyone coming together towards a shared goal like and and then I got like really emotional being like and it's my vision behind this Mm -hmm. and then like and it's this musician's voice and like she's breaking out and doing something different and like everyone is here on the same team to do that and even though like there's that pressure that's like, oh my gosh, we have to get this done. We have 12 hours. Like I, I just have to remember when I'm feeling jaded when I'm feeling negative because there's real life shit that you have to figure out is like being a young creator and like just trying to get your voice out there is like, this ultimately brings me joy. And the day that I'm like, You know, so unhappy and just have like fallen out of love with it. Like, okay, it's time to move on. I don't know what's next. Maybe I'll be a lawyer. I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it. I. I just. I. I just keep on trying to seek out the joy. Like, Mm -hmm. what makes me curious? Because that's usually where the joy is. And like leaning into that. And um, I don't know. That's my leadership style. Woo. (laughs) That's I tangent ducking over here. I'm just no. no, I love that. It was
1: (laughs) you hit on like so many important things because we have. You are our 16th interview, yeah. I believe, of our show. And at some point, it's I think every artist our age, especially, struggles with this is balancing, you know, having to pay the pill.
2: Pay the pills. Pay the pills. <laughs> pay the pills, <laughs> which medical. I don't want to get bills, into
1: it. <laughs> Have that like creative fulfillment of like doing your job and also finding you know, personal projects too that you might want to do, just like finding that balance is, um, can yeah. be really, really difficult. So, thank you for your honesty and for just like you know, yeah. giving us a little bit of like insight onto your experience.
0: Um, this has been just such an amazing conversation. Yeah. I can't believe an hour's already like come and gone. Dang.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I could go for five more. Yeah, <laughs> be so bored. <laughs> no so that, I, okay, iris is gay she likes to direct and um this <laughs> is a curious leader okay i love it idea.
1: that's a tagline of your of your yes. episode exactly. <laughs> um, i just
0: i do want to ask about the fcp rebecca is there anything else that you want to last minute like little no thing you i think add? that's it so mm-hmm. FCP is a term that Amanda coined <laughs> for oh, my us. Fan, Amanda Cook. <laughs> uh, amazing, which stands for Forever Creative Partner. And Ooh. I guess I just wanted to, uh, we just wanted to ask, do you have a forever creative partner? And how do you balance that relationship within your friendship with your professional and working relationship? Because Rebecca is my forever creative partner. You don't yeah, know yeah.
2: Right? yeah. So cute. <laughs> wow okay so this is like hitting me at a day where like i've been like really thinking about relationships mm-hmm. and commitment and like i hate to be that smart ass but the f- i'm just gonna go off what my gut said my go scp is myself i love like, that i have to keep love it myself nurtured and happy and like don't get me wrong there are people that i've worked with who will be around like elizabeth amanda yeah. you know these people yeah. that like have been with me since I was, like, like, me and Amanda were in theater, like, in high school together, oh. like, that that is true, like, I I know they'll be around, but then, uh, and we'll be making work together, but mm. I also just kind of keep on seeing, like, how life pulls those FCPs apart, where it's yeah. like, okay, one of us had a change of heart, one of us moved to a different city, like, you know, these things happen, and maybe it's, like, my growing older moment, but, like, at the end of the day, the only person who cares every single day, if I am creative or not is myself. Mm
1: -hmm, So mm
2: -hmm. I've been trying to figure out how to take care of myself a little bit better in this industry and and finding that balance. So you know what? My therapist would be proud of me. And I'm going to center this episode because (laughs) that was me advocating for myself, everybody. (laughs) Honestly. Yeah. Go you. but I I don't don't think
0: it's a smart Alec way of answering that question. Like I think it's genuinely (laughs) such a because it is so important to to take care of oneself, especially as an artist, like, because it's right. very easy to sidestep and make a lot of sacrifices in order to make your vision heard, make your voice heard do right. the work that you want to do. So,
2: I don't know. I'm right. So or like, you know, with film and stuff, like you could be working on a project for years yeah. and like maybe in that those years, like the project that you had a very strong intention with when you began, like is very different by mm-hmm. the end. And maybe the work because of how the process was like drawn out doesn't necessarily reflect that. And so I think a commitment to the self is like, okay, like, how do I just stay clear while everything around me is so loud, you know, every, and, um, also with like leadership, creative roles, like, okay, being a director is very, very creative. And then also very, very leadership centered. Mm -hmm. And it gets very easy to just give everything you have to everybody else on your team. And then all of a sudden you're like, why am I about to cry and like, everywhere I go? Relatable. So yeah. I want to figure out a way to not do that every mm-hmm. single time. Yeah. And I would like to figure out a way to like, just honor what my vision is and do that with integrity. So I'm focusing on myself for now, but like, I love the FCP, yeah. but I'm afraid of commitment. So I can't give you an external <laughs> name on I'm like, really stuck with me. So
0: I <laughs> also acknowledge that like different people are different, right? Like different right. strokes for different folks. And it's like, I love yeah. that. Though. I love, I love your aunt. So thank you for sharing. Yeah.
1: Of course. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Thank you just for being so like open and just sharing your story. It's been yeah. so amazing to like hear like of course you know, how you got to where you are and you, yeah I, I think your work is amazing I'm so glad we got oh, to talk thank to you.
2: you so much yeah. that means a lot to me um I hope to be directing again soon but you know you will be. Just, there's no I, I, I will. Yeah. <laughs> like a big question mark of like when what who where how um <laughs> but I've been writing and who knows what will come with that next. So it's been, I'm really glad to see you, Kara. And it's really nice to meet you, Rebecca. Like, thank you so much yes, for me yes, on. Yes. Um, so and before entertaining my vanity. No, <laughs> uh, no,
0: no, no, not at all. It, it, this has been so great. Um, before we have you sign off, could you please say your name and where we can find you on all things social?
2: Oh, hell yeah. Okay, so <laughs> my name is Iris Duckett. Um, it is, my last name is not how you would think to spell it. It's spelled D U K A T T. Um, and then my website is that needs to be updated. (laughs) It's called www.irisdirects.com. And then I have an Instagram, which is at fuck period, Iris period ducats period art period. So find me on Instagram. Um, I try to keep it updated. But then sometimes I'm like, I hate these social media (laughs) apps. Yeah. Uh, So DM me if you (laughs) want to work. We'll have of this Also, like, in our episode description. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Um,
0: Thank you, Iris, so much for being on the show. It was so awesome to have you on. I think Rebecca and I have been talking about having you on for... A couple of months now, just like what yeah. feels like forever. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad Seriously. it finally happened. I'm glad you had time in your busy schedule to come on. Um, and I'm just so grateful for all the advice you shared about like shamelessly just starting. I think so many people have, I have sometimes a fear of starting for sure. And it's so encouraging and inspiring to know that maybe perhaps my, my greatest critic and fearing start is myself. So yeah. I think that it's it was such a wonderful journey to hear about and, and reflect on and yeah absolutely yeah and I'm, we're so grateful that you were that we are your first podcast <laughs> yeah of many of many it was awesome what a privilege so yeah um, feel free to follow iris on their social media handle on instagram which is fuck period iris period Duckets period art or you can follow, you can uh, find her website at irisdirects.com. As always, we'll have everything linked below. Mm hmm.
1: And if you are interested in becoming a featured artist on our show, give us a follow on our Instagram at the podcast imperfect, where we also have just so much more information about our incredible featured artists. So definitely go give it a follow if you aren't already, or you can reach out to us on our email on our email or send us an email <laughs> at an the email. podcast imperfect at gmail.com. And you can learn more about your hosts uh, on Instagram as well. You can follow me, Rebecca at Rebecca Nisco music.
0: And you can follow me, Kara, at quiet open space, all one word. I just hope everyone has a excited as just as excitement filled a day as I probably will be having. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Thank absolutely. you so much for
0: listening. Thank you so much.